This is Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois. The podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. And now here's your host, Navy SEAL founder of Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, Rob Dubois. This is part two of my interview with Commander Mark Devine. If you haven't heard part one, scroll back one episode and check that out first. What do you think about, you mentioned bureaucrats and, and energy and how you match with your peers and your team. Of course, we hear that you know, you'll be the average of the five people you hang out with, those kinds of basic parables in business teaching. Each individual is also uniquely designed, you know, eight billion right. realities as you described it. Do you think that some people, like that fellow I won't name, but we talked about who was the commander when I let, when I got there, are designed to be that, and it's not, it's actually living in their in their truth, in their authenticity, or are they dumbing down for their potential? Because that we we need all kinds, right, to make society work. It's both and. It's both and. You can, generally speaking, your consciousness level will plateau at the level of your family and your your main culture of origin, right? And so. If you're, you know, brought it up in a very religious family, you know, that had police officers and military in, in kind of like the, you know, this is what we do kind of family, then that's generally what you do. And that has a certain vibrational level and you're comfortable in that vibrational level. And you don't usually grow beyond that. It's been estimated that less than 5% of humanity actually will grow beyond their, you know, origin story slash vibrational level. I think it's starting to be more than that because there has been a quickening of consciousness expansion and the internet has brought that about. And like the vast number of podcasters and books about things that just, just didn't see 10 or 20 years ago. It's because we're, we're kind of heading into the era and we're actually in the era where we're the quality and the level of consciousness is, is accelerating and it's higher. And so that's what, why we're seeing such chaos and kind of fighting back with the traditional protector vibrational level, which is all the institutions of the world. And this, you know, this push, this drive, this relentless drive toward a global world um, government, which you saw kind of come full bloom with COVID. That's from a much lower vibrational level, one that needs to control and what, you know, essentially created this whole system, this economic system that in a sense shackles individuals to serve them to serve that that vibrational level which then means you know like you have to like if you're if you're a genius creativity wise and your vibrational level would be very high as a creator the system says you can't earn any money as a creator mm-hmm. because money is fiat and you have to you have to convert your time to money you can't just go out and create because no one's going to buy your creation they might for the most genius ones but for for you know for most who are you know meant to be musicians or artists or you know create podcasts even you know they have to they sell themselves mm-hmm. right to earn money right and in that selling you end up plugging into a much lower vibration level so this is back to your question and this is why I had to get out of the seals or else I would have stuck my vibrational level at the level of the seals and I could probably have climbed to be an admiral or more well there's nothing more than an admiral I guess you know but you know up that star channel but I would have always been at a much lower vibrational level. And it has nothing to do with your intellect. It has, has all to do with your consciousness and your ability to tap into your heart's intelligence. And once you have a higher vibrational level, then your heart naturally opens and you have this warmth 
of, of heart, which leads to compassion and, and inclusiveness and world-centric behavior and not just tribalism. Mm-hmm. My, my, my tribe, my country is better than your tribe. And so, but the whole system is set up to trap people in lower vibrational levels through the fiat system, the, you know, the money system, because most of the ways you make money are in the lower vibrational transactional, you know, vehicles, bureaucratic. Keep the lights on. You know, look at more than half of America works in some sort of governmental mm-hmm. position or, or a union, right? And now those are all the protector vibrational level. <clears throat> you, now you have some higher vibrational levels in some of the academic si- situations, but even then, you're trapped in a vibrational level that's lower than the integrated universal consciousness, you know, care and, care and concern for all level. And so most of the world is stuck in a vibrational level that is in a, in a, is always going to lead to violence. Always going to lead to violence. Conflict comes from the be tension a, between, yeah, the, between the parts. Conflict comes. And if, one of my favorite authors was the knighted Dr. David Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And he created a scale of consciousness in his book or in his work. And, and um, he had an enlightenment experience and, which almost destroyed him. But it, you know, he left his, the most successful kind of integrative medicine practice in New York, blew it up and became a teacher and developed a scale of consciousness from zero to a thousand. And he used kinesiology to test consciousness. And kinesiology is a truth detector. By, so your body is a, is a vehicle for your consciousness, right? I mentioned that earlier. And what he determined was that you could test through kinesiology one's level of consciousness. But you had to be at a, you had to be at a high level of consciousness in order to do this, right? And so, which is why it, you know, it's not like everyone can go out and test because most 95% or 98% of humanity is below the level that can test. But anyways, in his scale of consciousness, the way he tested it, he said a thousand was essentially the highest consciousness that a human being could handle. And that was the realm of like Jesus and Buddha and, you know, highly evolved individuals. And the vibrational quality of that one individual was greater than the sum total of all of the rest of humanity. And that the lowest end of the scale, which was I think 20 or 40, Zero would be death, but I think it was 40, he said, was shame, which is why shame is the tool for torture. Mm-hmm. If you can trap someone in shame, then you have utter control over them, and it's the lowest vibrational level known to mankind. Yeah, so anyone who's suicidal, suicidal, self-doubt, and through shame is paralyzing. Now, the demarcation line between absolute negative and, and just positive is the courage, and that level was 200. And he said the, he, he tested the United States of America and, and, and the United States of America was below 200 up until I think he said 1994 or 87 or right, right around there, or maybe it was 99. I don't know. Uh, he passed away 2014, but it was not that long ago. And then it bounced up to like 2006 or 206 or so, and then it slid backwards. And I'm, I'd be interested to see what it is today. Is there anybody that can still do what he did now that he's There trained? are some pe- people that he's trained. I met a woman who was effective at it and she tested me and my wife and it was really, really fun. I was like, oh yeah, good. You know, because, because the level of, of love is 500. And so unless you're operating out of love, you can be technically very smart, right? Like, like I think Einstein was, was uh, calibrated at either 490 or 499, but he never broke through with that open-hearted compassion pure love. He, he had inklings of it toward the very end of his life, mm-hmm. but the pure raw intellect 
of a, of him or you know any of those other geniuses is not at 500. It's so 500 is when you're vibrating just pure love, and and 560 is universal love, which is seeing God in everything and seeing you know everything as a manifestation of God, which is another word for love, light, consciousness, wisdom. You know. It seems like the, when you cross into that zone over the 500, as you're describing it, you're you're going out of selflessness, into going into selflessness. I think, which is love, isn't it? Absolutely. I think that's another way of saying it. So, well, it's another way of saying it, right? Selfless, pure awareness is selfless because it comes from the unified field or unity consciousness. And so, what that's saying is you're you're operating from the spiritual dimension. And, and your actions are merged. So I use the term Kokoro in my seal fit simulation. Yeah. And I reason I use that term is because I didn't want people to think, I wanted to, do, to represent what we were really doing. And Kokoro means merging your heart and your mind into your actions. Uh-huh. What I'm trying to teach people is how to open their heart and how to elevate their consciousness through this intense team building experience, which was modeled off of the Navy SEALs Hell Week. Uh-huh. The difference is we're not trying to get you to quit. We're not trying to turn you into SEALs. We're trying to evolve you as a human being. And so that's another way of saying operating with selfless awareness mm-hmm. where others are your concern and the world is your concern. And it's an extraordinarily powerful way to do to live because it's not like you give up your identity. It's just that you identify with the unit with the unity consciousness as your core essential nature, having this temporary experience as Rob or Mark. And so you're going to make that experience as beautiful as possible. And you're going to bring as much light and love into the world as possible because anything else is absolutely inconceivable to you at that mm-hmm. point. And th- this state is with everybody all the time. It's your natural state. And so anytime you, you talk about a practice or like a spiritual practice or a meditation practice or a yoga practice or what they call a sadhana, the reality is not you're not kind of like egoically striving to find that unified, you know, level 560 place of you know, enlightenment. That's all the playground of the ego. What you're actually trying to do is remove the obstacles mm-hmm. to that, which come from your mind. Right, right. You're not trying to accomplish. You're trying to let go enough so that you can get back to you're what's right. You're trying to surrender, right. It's a, it's a process of negation. And this is where a lot of people get it wrong. They think, well, I'm going to meditate, and they're doing it for self-improvement or for hacking or peak performance, and that's all ego. And so you just reinforce the ego. Mm-hmm. Whereas what a, a good sadhana practice, and I learned this starting with Zen and it's helpful to have a good teacher, but you don't have to. It's, the point is that you're doing it to surrender and to remove and then negate mm-hmm. the things that you are not instead of trying to strive to be something different mm-hmm. or better because you can't, right? You, you can't be better or more perfect than you are because you are. Right, right. That's really, really great paradox, really con- great concept that you're, uh, we're trying to get back to our our, our existent perfection. It, it's pre-existent. That's right. It's just been clouded over by layers. We talk about self-limiting beliefs and behaviors in, in impact, and that's what a lot of people are, what they look at as misfortune is actually the result of their choices from right. self-limiting beliefs and behaviors. Like you talked about shame, it's so shackling. It's so enslaving to be in shame because I've lived with a lot of that myself. I've, I'm with PTSD from the military from before that, from youth. Um, I know shame very closely. I know self-doubt. I know self-worth issues very Most closely when we talk about it. Most people share that. Mm-hmm. Most people share that because our culture is set up 
to trap people in these lower energy because then they're controllable. Makes them more useful in the system. Makes them more useful to the system. You become a energy battery, kind of like in the matrix, you know, to produce things and to be a consumer for the system. And it's been set up this way. And there's profit in that for whoever gets to hold the control of the system. All about profit, right. Power and profit, which are coexistent. They're kind of the same thing. We so you you originally of course NavySeals.com was the birth of this thing and I, I've always admired that I knew that way back when back in twenty five years ago I was like wow that guy got that domain NavySeals.com yeah, good thing <laughs> that's amazing if anyone wants to buy it from me and they have seven figures give me a call that- <laughs> I even tried to sell it to the Navy the Navy should have owned that domain yeah but they course. tried to they tried to steal it from me the uh-huh. seals a couple guys when they started the um that kind of internal recruiting division. Now they've gone full on and created a command, right. To go out and do their own selection uh-huh. and everything. And, and then they ended up setting up a website that, you know, if you didn't know what is, what the actual URL was before search became search, you'd never find it. Yeah. It's sealswick.com, seal SWCC.com. Ooh. Swick being special warfare combatant crewman. Yeah. But I offered to sell it to the, the, the Navy, the, the group that advertises for the Navy. And they, they said, no, and then the SEALs were like, well, a civilian shouldn't own that, even if it's a former SEAL. Uh-huh. And they tried to take it with eminent domain. And I had to fight them. And I had, really? to, I even had to fight the Navy for the trademark for SEALFIT, which I ended up winning. Yeah. But after, after those battles, they, they went and said that they, they actually trademarked the Trident and the Navy SEAL name. The, uh-huh. the, the Navy did. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> And yet every yeah. SEAL author today puts the Trident on the front they, of his book. They still use it all over the place. Yeah. But. They're just not challenging the use of that trademark. They're not challenging it, right? And, until it uh, rubs them the wrong way, like that guy, <laughs> that shitbag cannot use the trident. I, I looked at it, you know, and I and you knew, how, knew how seals are, right? Most are, you know, will look at guys who get out and tell their war war story, you know, like mm-hmm. like Owen Owen slash, yeah. you know, you know who, yeah, who wrote the book? He was um, at the team, a new guy. No easy, there. no easy day, yeah, yeah, which was all about the Bin Laden raid. That stuff is anathema, but I've never written a war story book pounding Same my heart here. or revealing any tactics, right? right? Mine was really to discern because I was a one of the early kind of entrepreneur SEALs and also the training program that I created for the SEALs was extraordinarily effective and people needed to know about it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what led me to write The Way of the SEAL and Unbeatable Mind and my training program, Eight Weeks to Seal Fit, and then Kokoro Yoga, because I was the first guy to teach yoga to the SEALs. Uh-huh. But I, I, I learned very quickly that you know guys need a different way of, te- of learning this. Absolutely. So, you know, the, the hot girl in spandex saying namaste, you know, mm-hmm. they're just going to be thinking about the hot girl in spandex, and they're not, they don't care about the yoga. Right. And so I had to I developed Kokoro Yoga. Originally, I called it Warrior Yoga, but there was also a trademark for that, and I got stomped on. So Kokoro Yoga means heart-mind action, and it's it's a hard-hitting program, but it, it includes meditation, visualization, breath work, CrossFit, martial arts, Qigong, and traditional yoga asana, mm-hmm. all in, in, in short kind of drills. And so guys loved it and right I because it was really effective. It's actionable. As an integrated SEALs want actionable. Yeah, actionable, right. And I stripped out all the you know, namaste. I took, I called it taking the foo out of the Kung Fu, you know? Uh-huh. So the hip mobility drill has like sun sail one, sun sail two, up dog, down dog, you know, but I, I call them warrior one, warrior two, which are right actually, on. they're also called that a twisting warrior. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
to make it reckon, make it usable. It's a context. You're just changing the the the, the language so that those who can use it can For use any it. Of, any of that type of training to land, it has to be recontextualized culturally, right. or else people won't. Accept. And only a very small people group of people accept it, and yeah. then they take on those. And this is why you see Americans wearing you know, Buddhist robes, it's like, okay, you know, do you need to wear a robe to be an effective right. Buddhist meditation? Yeah. No, you don't. That's, that's, it's actually kind that's of silly. Form, to think not that. function. It's just trappings. Form, not function. Right. Exactly. And I'm not sure if you know this, but uh, your longtime Kokoro uh, coach, Michael Osterlink, was our first guest on BYL. Is that, Michael's such a great guy. He's a hell of a guy, hell of an individual, really good friend. Yeah. So we were talking before we went to tape that SealFit was, you know, right after NavySeals.com, SealFit became the the existence, your business existence in the world. And then you evolved that into Unbeatable Mind. And now they both are solidly in place and you're you're full, coming full circle to SealFit now, to reawaken it. And I want to make sure that the listener is aware of what's available. That's very important to us to make sure they can reach you after this, after they hear this. Sure. Thanks for that. Yeah, SealFit, we started in 2006, so it's, it's actually been around for 16 years. And we have a global reputation primarily for our crucible events, you know, mm-hmm. and the Kokoro, right? People come from all over the world to challenge that. But in, in uh, late, like 2016, 17, you know, I was trying to figure out how to grow SealFit. And I made the decision then that I was, I was beginning to certify people. And I had hundreds of people come through our certifications for SealFit. Um, but I only had like five or six certified SEAL coaches. And so all these other guys wanted to be certified. And I, and I got a little bit cold feet. Like my intuition said, don't do that. Because the SealFit brand really says it all, right? You're, if you're trained by a SealFit coach, you expect it to be a Navy SEAL. right? And, and yet all these coaches I was about to certify – and who would accomplish the training, you know, we're not. Mm-hmm. And that, some of them really good coaches, really good physical trainers, understood my methods and everything. So I, I pulled the plug on that and I shifted and I, I called them unbeatable coaches. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I said, unbeatable is the brand that we're going to grow and scale and, and bring it to the world because it's broader, you know, it's going to be inclusive of more women and different types of people. So I began to do that. Now we are up to about five, 600 certified coaches. But the business model that I was using was, was um, primarily around team training and team coaching, putting people in teams, mm-hmm. you know, like you see with, with YPO forums or EO forums or, or Vistage. And it's a really good, it's very effective training. It's extraordinarily great experience, but we found that it, it would have taken me 20 years to really grow this the way I, uh-huh. you know, keep the authenticity and the quality. Right. Those are slow growth models, especially, you know, they're more appropriate for the industrial age or early information age, not for the age that we're in where everything's moving so fast. And so we found that we just couldn't grow fast enough and that we were about right. We were getting leapfrogged by other people who are coming out with content that I've been teaching since 2006 mm-hmm. and I keep evolving and now people have learned it and they're creating models around it. Right. And, so suddenly it became, you know, that, well, that, that saying I've invoked that the pioneers take the arrows and the settlers take the land while the, the good marketers were starting to take the land. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a pioneer trainer, right? And I'm ex- excellent at training and c- conceiving of new training tools and models and programs, but I'm not an excellent marketer. It's not mm-hmm. my thing. And uh, I always built this business with kind of like 
people who loved our training because I wanted them to understand it and never lose focus and never do kind of inauthentic marketing. Yet people were leapfrogging me. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, in the end of this year, I finally called uncle and I said, okay, this is not going to work. And I'm going to go back to the essence, to the source, to the core of what we do. And that's SealFit and to, to launch kind of a SealFit 2.0. You'll see that come out awesome. in, in this year. Mm-hmm. And to really reinvigorate Kokoro to bring massive media attention through our charity nonprofit called the Courage Foundation, which helps vets with post-traumatic stress in a year-long coached team process, which is extraordinarily effective, as you can imagine. We're gonna, we've got um, ESPN wanting to film our Courage Foundation event, which is around Kokoro, which should be televised to millions of people. Um, we've got massive media attention through a lot of big, really impressive people who are Kokoro graduates who are doing crazy things in the world. Like uh, starting yesterday, Robert Owens, who is one of our Kokoro coaches, is rowing across the Atlantic hmm. with a small group of six people and raising money for the Courage Foundation. Then Tom Jones and Heather Stone are going to be paddling around Florida in early 2024. And he'll be Tom will be the only person to have circumnavigated America on a paddleboard. Wow. And and Heather will be the first women to do a long paddleboard like that. And huh. so these are Kokoro grads. They'll be attending Kokoro this summer. And so we're going to like use SealFit not only to train people and our, our certified coaches will continue to go on. You'll still be able to come and get certified in, in Unbeatable Mind, which is our our integrated training, physical, mm-hmm. mental, emotional, emotional, spiritual training system. But, and you'll be, you know, an unbeatable coach working under the auspices of SEAL fit. You won't be able to call yourself a SEAL mm-hmm. fit coach. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to focus on SEAL fit, the brand, and really energize it and bring it up. Because the world right now, since 2006, man, it's gotten, it's a clusterfuck, yeah. right? Over 50% of the population is obese. And mm-hmm. And people are, are now completely confused and, and at war with each other because, you know, the powers that be have set it up that way. Right. To, to the keep system people process. distracted, people fighting each other and, you know, the whole polarization of what's happening mm-hmm. in our country. And so people need to develop strong bodies and strong minds and, and also to learn how to work as a team because everyone's feeling really alone. Mm-hmm. And when you're alone, your mental health, you know, seriously degrades, right? When you feel alone. And because you know, that's when the shame and everything gets really amplified, especially with social media. And so, strong right. minds, strong minds, strong teams. That's what we do with SealFit. And uh, we train people through coaching, through our online uh, programs, through a community, and also through these events, which we run four times a year or three times a year. And those are really the sizzle on the steak or the ice cream on the cake. And it, it, sometimes it takes years to train for Kokoro, mm-hmm. but it's at least you're you're on the path, right? of evolution. You're, you're not one of the 5% who are not becoming self-evolutionary. Yeah. Well, if you're on the path, aware of it. yeah, if you're on the path where you're training yourself every day, physically, mentally, emotionally, with a, a goal of a, uh, attending our 12, 24, or 50 hour event to test yourself and to transcend, that's the point. Mm-hmm. There's no destiny in self-mastery. It's just a continuous process of, right. of, shedding those layers like you said and getting stronger and more clear the, and de- the journey is the destination you're on right. it you're already you're always you arrived are. because you're doing now today doing now now that's right now now exactly well said sealfit.com 
Yes, perfect. And, and how uh, do they find you? How do they find Mark? I mean, well, you have social presences, I'm guessing, to, to, through your, or to through ask your podcast. You. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> through my podcast. I've got a podcast called The Mark Divine Show, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Through my books. My, my website, markdivine.com, is kind of like the aggregator for for my stuff. Right and on. also you can learn more. Seal Fit and Unbeatable there. I saw... As I was doing research for this interview, I, I saw that you guys have a uh, podcast that has a top presence on the health category. Yeah, we were in the we're in the top ten. That was when it was Mark Devine's Unbeatable Mind. Mm-hmm. We just changed. We just dropped the Mark the Unbeatable Mind. Smart. Called That's Mark for Devine. branding too. Yeah. I mean, you got to keep it easy to remember. That's right. Yeah, we're working on. You know, everyone's launching a podcast these sure. days, so I'm moving my podcast to more less of this interview style to where I'm going to have more conversations. Like I love our conversation is a conversation, yeah. you know, it's not really feel like it's an interview. So I'm going to be doing more conversations and then also some solo type um, episodes where I just share my ideas and train, you know, through the podcast. Right on. Yeah. That, this is, and it, it's all about transformation for the listener. If the listener is hearing something that changes their life, that's, that's a success right there. It's huge. Great. The first time that I'm aware we can be, we can be the change we want to see in the world yeah. at scale. Yeah. Yeah, we have, we're enabled. The technologies right. and the processes make it possible now, even though a lot of people are misusing that power, That's using right. their powers for evil, not good. <laughs> That's right. Well, we can't fight them because that would be joining them. Right. You can present otherwise. You can only present the opposite, mm-hmm. which is growing self-awareness, growing compassion, inclusiveness, world-centric care and concern. I was taught by a mentor to be an example. And then ignore them, which is exactly what they don't want. Right. They don't want to be ignored. Right. Exactly. That's, Absolutely. That's the way to fight. Yeah, don't right. give them any energy. And that's that's what, you know, bullies and teases and so forth, they, they thrive on the energy. You take the, right. the air out of the room for them by saying, that's cool. Go do your thing, Timmy. But hey, let's talk yeah. about uh, growing teams together. And people are like, hey, yeah, that sounds like a better message to me. Let me listen to that. Instead of the yeah. guys just spitting piss at everybody else. Exactly. It is about making, it is about modeling, like, like live your best life. They say that what living well is the best revenge, right? And it sounds like that was a, a, a categorical discovery you had after that huge business blow when a yeah. uh, competitor used the system. And as you said, you could have fought it exhaustively, uh, exhaustingly. Right. It would have been exhausting to fight, but you had the grounds to fight it. But you made a choice right. to say, hey, what's, my, what's in my best interest? What's my peace of mind? Right. Let's go pivot. What's yeah? The, the question to ask, moment to moment, breath by breath, is what would love do? Uh huh. Right on. Love wouldn't have fought that. Right. And even if I hadn't had that insight and fought him, I I may have won, mm-hmm. but it would have trapped me in government contracting. We wouldn't right. be having this conversation. Right. Because I wouldn't have evolved. We're actually going to be making two episodes out of this one interview, this one conversation. It's it's so good, Terrific. and uh, I want to make sure that people have a chance to digest. This, this interview we're doing, this conversation we're having. I really am so grateful for you coming on and sharing your insights about this, brother, because people will hear it and they will trigger on the right things. And they say, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way before, which is the whole point of going beyond your limits. That's right. Well, it's been a blast and I really appreciate you, Rob, for doing it. And uh, I love you. Uh, full circle, right? Here we are 25 years later. Hoo-yah. Uh, <laughs> hoo-yah, brother, man. Teams and shit. well thank you so much brother man i really appreciate this and i hope you have an awesome weekend i will be uh promoting eagerly promoting seal fit 2.0 and looking forward to the stuff that blows up in 2023 appreciate that yeah happy holidays happy holidays aloha aloha 
Thanks for joining us on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois, the podcast that helps you destroy self-limiting beliefs, unchain your potential, and create the meaningful life you were made for. For more information about Impact Actual and the Impact Unchained course, visit impactactual.com. And be sure to subscribe on Apple iTunes or wherever you like to listen so you'll never miss a show. We'll see you next time on Beyond Your Limits with Rob Dubois.